we're breaking down 49ers objectives for the NFL draft. We are getting so close to the draft. What about the comments from Sam Darnold's quarterback coach on him being the starting quarterback? What do the 49ers need to accomplish this weekend? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing it live today. Usually we do not, but let's bring on today's extra special as always, every Wednesday, guest Nicholas Winkler. Come on down. Ooh, a live Winky Wednesday wink. Can't believe it. Let's go. Yeah, I, you got me all pumped up. All right, here we go. Live show. Woo. Let's get tired of draft season. Let's get the draft here, right? And that's what's happening this weekend. We got to start with the, the latest news today. And I, uh, uh, we, we talked a lot about the press conference yesterday. I want to ask you some, some things about that. And I, I want to dial in some things and, and our thoughts with about some of the things that John Lynch said about the 49ers draft and how we expect it to go, how we think it should go, what the 49ers need to accomplish this weekend with all 11 of their picks and, and where those picks might end up. And there's one aspect of, um, of John Lynch's conversation with reporters that we didn't talk about yesterday. That I think is important to note as we go into draft weekend, but first Jordan Palmer, who is apparently uh, Sam Darnold's quarterback coach, and he is on with Chris Long and the Greenlight podcast, I believe it's called, right? And this was really interesting with 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 what he was talking about and how uh, he's talking about Trey Lance, talking about Sam Darnold, and he's Sam Darnold's quarterback coach, but he slipped in a really, really, really nonchalant starter Sam Darnold comment that was strange when he's talking about Trey Lance in the same breath, almost as if it was. Uh, to him, uh, not even a thought who the starting quarterback was going to be in. It was going to be Sam Darnold. Did you guys hear this? And did you guys think it was him just kind of saying it because he works with Sam Darnold and that's his client? Or do you think the way he said it so confidently that he knows something about the 49ers quarterback situation? Yeah, I don't know if he knows anything about it. I think that that's what a coach does, right? You kind of pump up your guys. You talk well about your guys. And and when they're in practicing, he's probably not telling them, hey, go in there and work hard to be the backup. No, he's in there saying, hey, you can win this thing. Go get this job. It's there to be had. You have more experience than this guy does. You know, they came out. They went and signed you. They brought you in. Go be the starter. I'm going to pump you up on every podcast and show that I go on. You, you back me up with your play, all right? I couldn't tell if he meant start with the team like okay like he's gonna start with the team like like a yeah. fresh start or if it's you are the starter and I feel like it's hard to say like oh you're gonna be the starter Sam Darnold when there's a guy by the name of Brock Purdy who the the front office is glowing over and it sounds like everything right now is hitting all his marks it looks like he's gonna be ready for week one so for you to make a strong statement like that and say that Sam Darnold is going to be the starter. I got to push back a little bit because uh, there is a guy by the name of Brock Purdy, even if you think he's going to play over Trey Lance. Do you think there's a possibility? Not that, and look, we're going deep into the weeds, and every th time someone makes a comment, we go, we go through the John Lynch press conference, and we're like, okay, he said this and this, but here's the truth right in here in between somewhere. <laughs> is, is it possible that 
that the 49ers and Sam Darnold kind of have a wink wink thing with the contract where like, hey, you know, we're probably going to trade Trey and it's more it's much more likely that you're going to get a chance to maybe start early in the season or at least have a little bit of an opportunity to be that or the number two more so than you're coming in and being the number three. Do you think that's a possibility? And someone like Jordan Palmer might know that kind of information. Interesting. They don't leak leak leak. They don't leak a whole lot of intel, especially something that's that important. So that would be. I find it hard to believe. Well, that would be Sam Darnold knowing it and telling someone that he works with. Or that. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, so having a guy like Sam Darnold, uh, the reason you go out and get a, a veteran, you know, and a guy who started in the NFL is so that you do have a little bit of flexibility, right? So if they do get an offer that they can't pass up for Trey Lance, that they believe that that Sam Darnold could hop in there and do that. So maybe that's just him being a little overconfident with this guy and now he's hearing all the rumors about oh they're shopping trey lance and everybody's calling about trey lance he's like well my guy's next man up right you know brock birdie's not for sure sam darnold's the man see that's what i thought about it and by the way shout out to everyone joining us live here uh we got ikaika valeria uh i've seen that name before have you not been on a live show with us he says finally made it my first ever live show maybe on twitter is where i saw that name before appreciate you jumping on live especially the first time livers it was it's a different live time than we usually go Uh, we don't usually go the tuesday evening live but want to do the winky wednesday early live episode today get into the chat a little bit talk about some of the the 49ers angles in the draft since we're getting so darn close uh when i first heard that interview and i don't think we need to spend that much more time on it but um just hearing him, it popped up on my Twitter timeline. I hit play. I listened to what Jordan Palmer said, and it didn't even it, it didn't even click with me when the first time I heard it. I just heard him talking about the quarterbacks, and I didn't even hear him slip that thing in about the starter. It didn't even dawn on me. Then I read the caption of why the person um, might have been Akash, I think, is, is who I saw that, that tweeted it. Shout out to Akash, friend of the show. And uh, then I read the caption, and I was like, "What did he say?" And I had to play it again. I was like, "Oh, he did say starter. He, he just slipped it in so confidently, and that's why." And it was like, "Okay." The way he said it was like, "Well, obviously, everyone knows that Sam Darnold is going to start at the beginning of the season because Brock Purdy's not going to be ready, and Trey Lance is going to be there, or Trey Lance will be the backup to Sam Darnold." That's not the read I have on the on the quarterback situation. I don't know why that's the way the quarterback situation would be unless Trey Lance is traded. Yeah. It was interesting when I heard it too. Again, my my initial thought was because he. First of all, you have to kind of understand the context of what he was talking about. And he mentioned one thing that Trey Lance, you know, with that, you know, aside from playing on the field and things like that, just understand being a part of a winning culture. Ah, being a part of a winning culture. I'm about to go on IR right now. You're injured. Yeah. <laughs> injured himself podcast. Get a, get a timeout here. But uh, being a part of a winning culture in that Sam Darnold just has not been a part of that. So he felt like, hey, you know, coming to the 49ers, that'd be something big as he's starting with the Niners. So, again, I don't know if it's like he is a starter or he's starting with like, you know, his time with the 49ers. Okay, I he's like starting his time with the 49ers. That makes sense. But that it's, makes it's a lot about, more sense. Yeah, I like that. It was about, He didn't say it like, I mean, that, that's what I'm assuming because that's how it mm. kind of the way he layered it, the conversation, that was the first thing that kind of came in my mind. It's a valid point, though, that Sam Darnold hasn't had a great opportunity to grow as a quarterback, been in bad, you know, bad coaching staffs, bad offenses, you know, personnel hasn't been great. Um, not in a winning culture. And I'm sure like, I have no doubt this is going to be the best year of Sam Darnold's career. If he does end up starting a whole bunch of games. So um, that, that I totally agree with, but he hasn't, 
proven enough to me that I would believe that he's going to be amazing or better than the third best quarterback if Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are healthy. I, I would say this, and a lot of times I try to you know look back on some of my uh, experiences playing you know college football, NFL, whatever. But I do know that 2014 when I was the number one overall pick in the Arena League draft. All right, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but dude, I had a lot of interceptions, so I guess it's not the same as Sam Darnold because I had 11 interceptions. But I will say this. That's, that sounds a lot like Darnold's game, too. <laughs> not an interception. Two or three game right. stretch. <laughs> but I, when I went to the San Jose Sabercats, it was a completely different culture. And understanding how to play winning football, even some of the things I did to get the 11 interceptions would not fly with San Jose Sabercats because that's not the way – that they win football games. And the way that we played, the way that we prepared, the way, like how disciplined we were, I mean, just the smallest of details. It was a drastic difference. Nothing I've ever experienced in my life in a sense of understanding and learning and being part of a winning culture. So uh, 49ers, you know, I don't think they run as tight a ship as my guy Darren Arbet did, but, you know, just, and hold on, where's my arena ball ring? I got to throw that yeah, on. let's go. Let's All right. see it. So, you know, bring it up close. You, you know, so uh, bling bling. He, I don't think the 49ers are running that tight, but just in the sense of the winning culture, this is how mm -hmm. we prepare, this is how we yeah. do things, this is what Kyle expects. L learning that, or for the first time, which Sam Donald will be doing that because what, Clay Hilton is that who he was playing with at USC? What the hell has he won? Right? He right. ain't won nothing. And then you go to the Jets, we know it was terrible. You go to the Panthers, you know it was terrible. Coach was on his way out, ended up getting fired. Then you go to the 49ers where the expectations is Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. And I'm interested to see how Sam Darnold kind of, you know, thrives in that type of environment and a level of play. Because, again, I had my best year from a technical standpoint, uh, assignment sound standpoint playing with the San Jose Sabercats when I truly learned how to play winning football. And to the point where we would win games and you go into the locker room and it felt like we lost because we still didn't play to our standard. I mean, we were winning. We only lost one game all year. So you know, it, there is a drastic difference coming from a winning organization as opposed to losing. And I've been on both ends of it. It does make a difference with the player. Going out, having something to play for. Every did, week. did bad coaches – you know, ruin Sam Darnold or was Sam Darnold getting coaches fired too? So Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> watch yeah, out. You'll be the question. first, you'll be the first coach that doesn't get fired there coaching Sam Darnold. So um, the, the ring is looking good, Croc. It is. Right. That's solid. Uh, I want to nail down what the 49ers are going to get when they trade. Let, let's for the next segment, Trey Lance is getting traded draft night. What is the trade? What, where to, what's he getting? And then uh, I want to get into Wink's uh, thoughts on the draft. What the 49ers need to accomplish? What should be the objectives objectives for the 49ers over the course of draft weekend? And one thing um, John Lynch clued us in on during the presser that no one's really talking about. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious snack, you don't want all the sugar and calories. Of course, that's what you're looking for. Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. That is Built. You got to try it. I'm serious, healthy, and tastes amazing. You won't believe how good it is for you by 
the way it tastes. Unbelievable flavors. Uh, you want to make healthier snack choices, right? But you don't want all the you don't want to compromise taste, and you don't want all the calories that come along with most tasty snacks that you're reaching for. So go to your pantry, get rid of all the bad for you snacks, get rid of all the chips, get rid of all the candy bars, and replace them with built bars and built puffs. High in protein, up to 17 grams of protein in most built bars, four grams of sugar in most built bars, only 130 calories in most built bars. And you got flavors like oh, the new peanut butter. They got peanut butter balls as well, by the way, which mm. I didn't know until recently at built.com. Peanut butter protein balls, which I am absolutely going to get some of. They've got the new peanut butter puff. They've got cookies and cream. They've got uh brownie batter puff just unbelievable flavors and new flavors coming all the time churro cookies and cream so and you can find them not only at built.com but at your local store shelves as well like walmart and sam's club so head over to your nearest walmart in the pharmacy section four bar boxes cookies and cream flavor double chocolate or coconut puff and if you're close to sam's club run in grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff Antro puff, and then you can thank us later. And of course, find them all at built.com. Trey Lance is getting traded, guys. What's the conversation like? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and play mediator. Mm. Wink, you are the 49ers. Croc, you are right now the Houston Texans. You called wink what's your first offer for trey lance by the way this is uh this is after pick two where you've not drafted a quarterback but you haven't drafted yet at 12 and you're trying to gauge what lance might be but you could hang up the phone and just draft a quarterback at 12 potentially or move around too so that's that's Hmm. the scenario right now all right wink you you guys are going edge rusher uh anderson out of alabama at two and I know you want to, you know, continue to bolster up that defense. You drafted Jalen Petrie last year. Uh, you got – and he, he was a hit. You guys did awesome with that pick. I'm pretty sure, Anderson, you do awesome there as well. But you do have the number 12 pick overall. And, I mean, are you guys really going to roll with Davis Mills again and kind of really <laughs> derail your entire season? Or would you rather go with somebody that is much more talented but just needs to play? And I think you guys offer, offer – that opportunity to them where you can kind of go without the expectations of having to win a Super Bowl. What do you think about Trey Lance for your number 12 pick? And we'll throw in uh, two six-round picks as well. I think. First of all, I, I got I to mediate real quick. That was fantastic, Croc. I actually had it flipped where you were the Texans <laughs> and, and Wink was the Niners. All right. All you right. did such a good job. Oh, my bad. I know. No, <laughs> you nailed it. Lynch. Wink is now Nick Casario of the Houston Texans. My bad. Right. Yeah, there you go. No, if Lynch comes out like that, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I you know, I, I think if you could promise me he's gonna stay healthy, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like this trade. Uh, that seems like an expensive uh, proposition for a guy that's played two years in the NFL, has gotten hurt and, and you know missed a bunch of time, and, and you know still only has the one real full season in college. So that that seems a little bit pricey. Let's talk second round. You want to talk about second round? We can we can do that. Well. Let's not go second round. Let's stay in the in the market of a first round because, you know, we gave up a lot to get him, and we still believe he has a lot of talent. It's just, I mean, you saw the way Purdy played last year. We'd be fools mm-hmm. not to say, you know what, let's hitch our wagon to him and continue to grow with him. So how about this? We'll take a fifth next year, 
will mm-hmm. actually swap fifths with you. We'll give you two fifths for your one fifth this year, and we'll take a first next year. We're going to make this conditional based on playing time. I mean, can it? Can based on playing time, if he up? plays more than twelve games for you, if he starts more than twelve games, it's a first. If he does not mm. start more than twelve games, it's a second. Next year. Next year. How about we make it a first and a third next year? If if he if he you know if he if he gives me twelve, we we can make it a first. If he doesn't, you know, then we make it a third, and when we swap the fifths. Mm, no deal. We don't we don't like that. All right. All right. What, we want to keep him. All right. So hold on. What we was the that twelve what, pick? What was the last offer? The the yeah. offer that for me was. Yeah. Uh, a, a one next year if he starts 12 games. Conditional. If if he doesn't, then it turns into a two. He wants it to turn into a three. A three. Got it. Interesting. Interesting Mediator, stuff. what do you think? Very close. Was I, I mean, was I getting greedy? I think, I think if you're the 49ers and they say with conditions it could be a one, you say yes. No matter what the, the, the non- playing time one is if even if it's a two the the thing that makes it difficult is you probably want something this year the 49ers don't have any of their first three normal picks until 99 we want next year give me the one next year they already have a one next year don't you want to draft two ones next year i'm looking i'm looking right at caleb williams baby so so, give me that one next year i get a chance to see what it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good first next year too we're taking with Sam Darnold. I, it all makes sense now. We're taking with Sam Darnold. <laughs> Two top ten that number one sure. pick, an extra pick in the first round next year. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did bear, not mind at all. The overall number one next year, right? Let's be honest. They could easily be a horrible how team. Bad would the, like, how would the season have to go for the 49ers to earn the first pick in the draft next year? They'd have to be a trade situation. Well, it starts so with terrible quarterback play, right? Um they would have to have, you know, injuries, knock on wood everywhere, but like, you know, running back injuries, right? Those happen. Quarterback injuries, those have happened very frequently for the 49ers. Maybe your best defensive player, potentially. Like, that's that's what it would look like. Hmm. Oof, that would be or, a bomb. Or, or John? John, I, I do, I feel like. No, he's Nick. He is Nick. He's Nick Casario. Oh, yeah, he's Nick. You're John. Nick? My bad. Let me uh, poke my ears out. <laughs> Nick, I feel more than confident that a one next year that's conditional that can turn into a two is a great deal for y'all. Okay, you get a young, talented quarterback who would be one of the youngest quarterbacks even in this class, 22 years old, still to this day, mm-hmm. 22 years old. He has a bunch of talent. He just has not played. It's a perfect situation for you with a coach, D'Amico Ryan, that knows – who he is in the type of ability he has flashed in practice. He's seen the throws downfield. Now, we know that you guys need to add a receiver. We can't help you with that. But the fact that we're not trying to take away the 12th overall pick and we want the one next year, that should help you be able to get the, the receiver you want for him, maybe even double up in his draft, as well as keep all of your picks this year. We just need the one next year if he starts 12 games. What if we make it where if he doesn't start the 12 games, we it turns into a pick the following year, two years from now, and we could do that second you were talking about. Give him a couple years to 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 maybe see if he see if he's the real deal or not. Nick, I'm 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 starting to think that you're trying to play with me right now. <laughs> I am. And we're a little we're bit. very I really serious really over like here. Those first round picks, I like to hold. We're, them. we're, we're like very serious here. We are offering a quarterback that has immense talent. So 
that's our final offer. All right. I would, I would I would jump in here, I think, if I'm mediating this conversation to try to get a deal done and say, okay, the the Texans have a bunch of picks this year. They have one pick that's pretty close to a first rounder. And if you use the devaluation of, you know, the, a pick this year is worth a pick in the uh, one round later in the following year, uh, or the one the following year is worth one round more than one this year. So like a second this year is a first next year kind of. It, it works out similar. Um with the 49ers lacking picks early, the Texans having so many picks early, why is pick 33 this year not on the board? And you could kind of consider it like a future one in value, but it's not a future one, so it doesn't hurt the Texans as much as giving up potentially a future one. And then the 49ers would actually have a pick in the top 50, and they could go up into the first round if you wanted, go down, collect more picks. Does pick 33 work for either one of you guys in, in a scenario for Trey Lance? It doesn't work for me. Because I'm thinking long-term as well. I want the insurance mm -hmm. for Brock Purdy. What if Brock Purdy plays a whole year and it doesn't sure. look like what I expect or what we think it might look like? And with a first-round pick, let's say the Houston Texans even win games, right? Let's say they go 8-9 and nine with Trey Lance. Well, that's going to put them middle of the pack, and we'll have two picks in the first round. And again, I'm thinking Caleb Williams. And it's all depending on how you know, Brock Purdy plays. If he plays well, then okay, I just got two first-round picks. But if he doesn't, and the elbow, and it's like, oh, man, it just, hypothetically speaking, it hurt him more than we were expecting. Well, there's this quarterback that, I mean, he's, I was just watching him. Uh, I wasn't watching him. I was watching Clark Phillips, the cornerback from Utah. And I'm watching the corner, and, and I just keep, and I mean, it's just throw after throw, at big time throw after big time throw after big time throw. I'm like, goodness gracious, this dude's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. It's one of the best quarterbacks I've seen on film in a, in a long time. So here's the, here's the other thing uh, from the Caleb Williams angle. Do you think it's likely at all that the 49ers would be anywhere near close enough? Because whoever gets the first pick is going to draft them. Yeah, he's going Niners, number one. <laughs> Niners going to lose more games than the Cardinals? Well, you got to hope that you know what I mean? so know, like, the no Texans are the ones who lose all. You have all the first one. The, the team that has number one needs to want to trade with you and unless so having an extra pick doesn't help because you need your pick to be at one or else you're not going to get him yeah and if if lance is playing 12 games you're hoping as a texan you know that that you're not losing all of those games in a spot where you're gonna have that overall number one pick so i uh, you know if we're if we're having this conversation and you know and, I, and i'm the texans i'm probably just saying saying bye at this point and saying we, we're very happy with david smills we're gonna we're gonna move forward with him or draft somebody at 12 that we think is is you know is comparable in what we see going forward with our future. Somebody that doesn't already have this injury history. Good Anthony luck. Richardson, come on down to the Houston Texans in this. Anthony right. Richardson is going to be gone. I watched him too. He's yeah, going to be gone. He will be. I, well, okay. Let me. You never Lil know. I, I would have assumed that Justin Fields was gone um, earlier than pick eleven or whatever Good it was. Point. So uh, you never know, but he's very talented. He Lamar makes Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. You let him go to, drop. you let him go to a, the C the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. You know, it, he feels like a Seahawk. He feels like he's going to be playing with. That's what see here as a Niner. Like you want me to take him, so the Seahawks don't take him. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how, how about this last ditch effort? Uh, mm. so uh, Nick Casario hangs up the phone. But now I'm D'Amico Ryans with the Texans, Croc, and I'm calling you as John Lynch. Just one last-ditch effort, and, oh. and we're tight. You know, I'm going to try to see if I can get something through. And I'm like, hey, 
John, D'Amico, things are going great. We just got ourselves Will Anderson at number two. We might move up for a quarterback here, but I want to talk to you about something. Um, we need some playmakers. We do need a future quarterback. We still like Trey. We know he's not worth the first round pick, but I think he's worth pick 33. But we do have pick 12. And you know who else we like is Brandon Ayuk. We'll give you 12 and 33 for Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance. Mm. And you got to give us one of your third round picks. Deal. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's, <laughs> Bye, that's Trey. interesting. Bye. Oh, man, I'm going to get killed over that. Okay, listen. I, I don't think you will. That gives me a chance to reset the yeah. rookie contract at the, at a, a quarterback position. Essentially, you're already doing that with Brock Purdy. But also the receiver position as well, where, you know, you at least for the next two years, you're going to have Debo Samuel. He's still going to mm-hmm. be your high-volume target guy. Still got George Kittle. You're still throwing the ball a ton to Christian McCaffrey. All right, so if I am going to lose any one of those guys and get the 12th overall pick for him, mm. it would be Ayuk. Because even then, I could trade Ayuk. We've seen this with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, it worked amazingly for them. Yes. But people forget, they traded Stephon Diggs in the peak of his powers mm-hmm. where he was balling. And they were like, eh, going to have to pay you all this money. We'll just trade you. They got a first-round pick. Obviously, that turned into Justin Jefferson. That's more ideal. But shoot, pick 12. And I'm right there, and, man, maybe I'm thinking opposite tackle. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. whatever. But, man, you got Jackson Smith and Jigma. If he somehow falls to you, you tell me right now you could swap Jackson Smith and Jigma for Brandon Ayuk. You know, again, if it's saying that, you know, he blocks, he's physical, he's aggressive, he's all those things that you like. He's the guy that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson just won Officer Rookie of the Year. They both said that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma is the best of the three. They were saying that last year before they were even drafted. And you have an opportunity to reset that. Now it's like, hey, we don't got to pay Brandon Ayuk $20 million over the next couple of years. And now we got this guy on his rookie contract. I mean, you'd almost be a mm. fool not to do that. Where do you think Danny Gray comes into all this, right? Is that something that the 49ers... He would, and he would be competing. Um, right? Does Danny Gray really fit with... Was he more of a draft pick for Trey? Does he fit with Brock Purdy as much? Is that the, mm-hmm. the way they want to go? Um, I, I've got another one here, and we had kind of teased this on the last episode, Croc, and I'm going to get into some more uh, speaking of trades about what John Lynch said in the press conference. But uh, I'm going to give you guys a second, give the chat a second to marinate on this one because part of that scenario, which is a wild scenario, I don't think it would happen, but crazier things have happened in the NFL with that that offer. So would, you, would it be better for the – not – I know a lot of people got 11 jerseys. They like the guys that are on their current team. So I know a lot of fans are saying, no, you can't have our players. We like our players. We don't want the other thing that's unknown thing. Is it better for the 49ers long-term if they were to get an offer like that from the Texans and trade away Brandon Ayuk and have an offensive tackle that's just a stone-cold killer, starts at right tackle today. When Trent Williams retires, he's your left tackle of the future. I'm talking like Broderick Jones. That's who you're drafting. Paris Johnson Jr., right? With that pick that you get from the Texans in the middle of the first round. And then draft a couple of wide receivers. Draft uh, Mingo, A.T. Perry, Jaden Reed, whoever your favorite third-round wide receiver is there. Double up. Draft two wide receivers there. So you get your offensive tackle, more developmental wide receivers. Is that better long-term? Is it harder to get an offensive tackle that could potentially be a left tackle or to keep Brandon Ayuk, keep that wide receiver, try to pay him later with Debo, and then you're you know trying to piece together your offensive tackle situation you know, and you go through the draft, regular draft offensive tackles there. Which is better? What do you like? I want to hear in the chat. I want to hear it from you guys. Next, and one thing going underreported about the John Lynch pre-draft press conference next. I do want to thank everybody once again for not only jumping on this 
impromptu live episode, but for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Shout out to all the everydayers. Uh, we love that you listen. We love hearing from you. And we love that there's some new folks listening to the podcast that are getting pumped for draft season. Hope you'll stick around and become everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network because that's what we do every day, all off season and on season long. Okay. See it in the chat. Let's see in the chat. What do you guys think? This is an either or scenario. Keep Brandon Ayuk. You draft an offensive tackle in the third round. You go about your business. Uh, or you do this swap with, and you end up with a stud offensive tackle in round one, but you trade away Brandon Ayuk and you draft a, a receiver or two in the third round. Which is the best scenario long-term? Offensive tackle. Yeah. Trade Ayuk and draft. It's, it's really hard, right? That's the thing I've been wrestling with the most with these third round picks. We talk about these third round picks like you're just automatically going to get this stud. And yeah. more times than not, it's going to be guys that could potentially start, but that you're probably going to be looking like, uh, can we find somebody better, yeah. right? Like that's typically the conversation around those type of guys. And we're seeing it right now with Yamado Lenore, who played well at times, didn't play well other times. And there are a lot of people like, hey, cornerback is the biggest need, you know, opposite uh, Traverius Ward. Well, that's more times what you're going to get with those type of guys, whether it's on the O-line, D-line, cornerback, et cetera. So if it's me, now I have an opportunity to get, like you said, a Paris Johnson or, you know, the kid out of uh, George Broderick Jones. Dude, you that 100% do that, especially if you can yeah. try to draft a couple of receivers in the third round. I talked so much about how much I really like A.T. Perry. Put A.T. Perry in this type of offense and with his type of ability, right? I think he's going to be a third-round pick potentially. We'll see. But there are guys where, hey, man, if you could just kind of figure out Kyle Shanahan and what he's looking for, that's the toughest part. That's why you double up on them and get the offensive offensive tackle for the next however many years because he goes from right tackle to left tackle. That makes the most sense from from my standpoint. Yeah, and Um, also when you look at Brandon – well, if you look at Brandon Ayuk real quick, yeah, I mean, he he's not even the first option in the 49ers offense. He's not the second option. Is he even the third option or is he no. the fourth behind Kittle and Debo and, you know, McCaffrey? Like, this is a guy who I don't want to say he's expendable, but if you can go out and get a stud tackle, Trent Williams isn't going to play forever. This might be very well might be his last season with the 49ers. If you get that stud tackle to start on the right side and then be able to flip him over to the left, that to me is invaluable. I think that's the move that would elongate your window more. But mm-hmm. you're maybe I, I could see the argument that you're not as good this year, especially if, as someone points out here, is Debo going to stay healthy for the next two seasons? You know, Debo yeah. injury early in the season, you trade away Brandon Ayuk. Things could get dicey, but things mm-hmm. could also get dicey if, you know, if the offensive line, uh, if there's an injury or if Colt McKivitz is not up to the, the task. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think Colt McKivitz is necessarily going to be that much worse than or any worse than. Mike Mulitchie is a pass protector, and, and I think they do have some some really strong conviction that that he's going to be okay for the 49ers at right tackle. So I'd be surprised if the 49ers did this, but it would absolutely take – and look, I don't think they're going to offer number 12 for Brandon Ayuk, but if they did, I think you would have to con- seriously consider it. And I'm turning down offers in the 20s because I think there's a clear drop-off in talent in this draft. It would have to be for the right player. It would have to be one of those guys on the clock. And what would move the needle for me with the 49ers situation, looking at it now, looking ahead, if there was a guy you thought was a stud offensive tackle that you could swap Brandon Ayuk for, I I think I would go for it. And I'm kind of surprised that the the chat is kind of cool with that idea too. I see a lot of people saying F that you keep, you keep Ayuk because he's a stud. Kind of split. Yeah. Right down the middle. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. What do you think? Well, we got quest for six says there are more solid free agent right tackles right now. Like, no, 
You don't want the guys in the free agency are free agents for a reason. Yeah, they you would be stud offensive tackles. Off you get stud offensive tackles. It's very rare you see them hit Keep them. free agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Speaking of trades, John Lynch said during the press conference that um, the reason they didn't move around last year because we were surprised. We're like, how are the 49ers not moving up? I don't know if all these guys are going to be able to make the roster. And they tried. They were making calls. They were trying to be mobile and move around. And it didn't come to fruition. They didn't end up making any trades, which kind of tr- which changes my uh, idea of this draft because I felt the same way this year as I did last year, where it's like, oh, it's pretty clear that the 49ers probably should try to move up and maybe get one of their guys. Don't go crazy. You know, you don't have to package all 11 picks. You can barely get you into the second round anyway because they have so many late picks. But, you know, go up a, a dozen picks and go get a player. Go get somebody that um, that you think can help you if they're starting to drop down the board a little bit. What, what are the odds that you really love three guys right in a row, boom, 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 at the end of the third round? Three guys in a row in the fifth round. Go up to the fourth round. So I do think the 49ers will be more mobile in this draft, and I would bet lots of money the 49ers make trades and might be drafting before pick 99. So um, I think yeah, that was one right. of my big takeaways that no one's really talked about with this. And man, it was two years. The year before that, the Niners trade all of their original picks. They didn't pick yeah. one time. <laughs> where they originally had a pick. Uh, wild. And so we'll see if this year it's more like the draft a couple years ago or if it's more like last year's draft where they really didn't move around at all. I have a feeling there's going to be some movement and the movement will most likely be upward. Right. I mean, that was the first time that they went the whole draft without moving at yeah. all. Like right now, if I had to set the over-under on trades by the 49ers, I'm setting it at right at two. Yeah, so I, would take over. Yeah. I, I, I take yeah. it over. And I would take yeah. it over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... And that's not even counting like the other stuff we're talking about with players, you know, Kinlaw or uh, mm. or Trey Lance getting traded potentially during the draft. But and it sounded like when when John Lynch was talking about it that he was kind of bummed by it. He was upset. He's like, we couldn't get anything done. We were trying. We were calling. We couldn't get a trade done. He wants to trade. It. It's in his blood. He's a competitive guy. He's like he wants to move. So uh, I do expect that. And who knows? It might be for an offensive tackle. Probably if it's not off tackle, probably defensive lineman because we know the mo for the 49ers, right? Well, here's the thing, and I see Lee Vang, and there are a couple uh, tweets that I started here. So you got Lee here. He says third round tackle prospect this draft using number one 2024 for a stud tackle. Here, here's the issue with that: it's just hard to really find stud tackles in mid rounds, and it's still hard to find stud tackles if you are deep into the playoffs. Like, yes, so guys go in the top. They go early. Team picks. No, that's a yeah. tackle. Off, offensive tackles, like teams prioritize those guys. And they can be found, but it's so much harder. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's why I'm saying someone offers pick 25 for Debo, I say, or for uh, Ayuk, I say no, because I don't think you can get the set offensive tackle there at 25. And you're hoping the 49ers are picking it after 25 in next year's first round when they do have a first round pick back. So they might have to move up in that case just to get a tackle and go into free agency you're paying a ton for a stud tackle there. So mm-hmm. hard to get. It's hard to get wide receivers too, but it is easier to find a wide receiver later than it is to find a stud offensive tackle later. Like you can find offensive tackles, but there's 64 starting offensive tackles in the NFL. And if you look around at rosters, I don't think teams feel good about those 64 guys. Uh, we The 49ers have this uh, reputation, uh, especially with the fan base of hitting on guys, you know, kind of mid to late rounds. I would have to see the volume of that. I think they do well, but how many of those guys are like legit long-term starters? They've had guys that come in and play. Obviously, there's George Kittle. Yeah, probably, I, I know, think Drake I mean, Greenlaw, but I mean. It's a handful. 
at they, we, we went through this last week or a couple weeks ago, Crock, where we looked at some of the teams and there was some that were ranked higher than the 49ers and went through the roster and we're like, oh man, the 49ers more. I mean, we're talking about star level players and yeah. definitely long-term starters. DJ Jones. DJ and, Jones. There's DJ Jones, George Kittle, and Hufanga, maybe Hufunga, right? Commodore Lenore, Dre Greenlaw. Um, and Greenlaw. Uh, oh, that's Jennings. over how many years? Juwan Jennings is a hit. I mean, over six years, but that's a lot. Like m- most mm-hmm. teams don't get that, period. Right. But but we're saying, especially if we're talking about offensive tackle, like a long term offensive tackle, like what are your yeah. chances? They've if drafted a bunch of offensive linemen and on like Colton McKibbitt's, McKibbitts is actually one. He might get his shot to be a starter. He was yeah. a fifth round. Maybe he's the he man. He got waived once. He got waived and didn't get picked up by any teams and got brought back to the 49ers practice squad, didn't he? Not a good sign. <laughs> uh, okay, Wink. Let's get yep. out of here, but I want your thoughts on the draft. What do you what do you mm-hmm. want to happen this weekend? What's the objective for the 49ers? Like what 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 do you need to happen where you feel good after post draft? You're like, good, they accomplished what they needed to do here. And I feel good about this roster going into the season. I think you nailed it. I think I want to see him trade up. I want to see him get a little bit aggressive with some of these later picks, package two, three to move up, maybe into the second round, you know, and they really need to, you know bolster both lines offense and defense i think to me that's kind of the the main area of concern secondary obviously you know you, you don't want to see mosley leave but, but he did you know so and, and he couldn't stay healthy so i think you got to kind of retool some of those areas or at least kind of bring in more guys to to challenge the the guys they already have on the roster so i don't want to see any third round running backs i don't want to see any of that nonsense uh i could i could go for some third round wide receivers like you said i like the idea of taking a couple shots on some guys uh but really just bolster up the lines Definitely not kicker in the third. Uh, a couple of quick t- trade questions before we get out of here. SF, SF, F flood, 2542. I don't know a bunch of numbers. Uh, anyway, flood. appreciate you listening and jumping in to the chat. He says, if Trey was available in this year's draft, would he go first overall? No, he would not go first no. overall. Um, it, Trey, the prospect, might go higher. Trey today, mm-hmm. no. Um, but Trey would definitely be in the conversation with the top guys as a prospect. Um Trey, the prospect, would he go first overall? Last year, he for sure would have gone at least number two, probably, right? Um, it's hard to say now because the, what do they say? The bloom has come off the rose a little bit with Trey Lance, so you don't really know what he is, but you're always more more crazy about a prospect before he comes out. But to be honest mm-hmm. with you, there's a lot of similarities uh, prospect-wise with Trey Lance and like where Anthony Richardson is. They're, they're not the same athletes, but... Trey Lance was like, oh, man, this guy's big, and he is fast, and he is smart. He he threw zero interceptions in a perfect season and won a national championship. His one double-A, but, like, Trey was a really good prospect, and that would just happen to be a really good draft. There was there were definitely drafts recently where Trey would have been the number one pick in the draft. Um, it's hard to say if he would have been the number one pick this year, but he would certainly be in the conversation with those top guys for sure, and he might go number one. Right. Now, I, I can only imagine, like, what if he played two more years? Right. Yeah. What, what would that have looked like? He right. could have played. He could have played these last two years in college and be younger than Will Levis and younger than uh, than Hendon Hooker by a lot. And mm-hmm. who knows what kind of numbers he would have put up? Well, you know, what if he transferred to somewhere? You know, and, and played. So, um, yeah, Trey would have been a big time prospect. And Trey is still a big time prospect. Basically, he just you know is a ball clay. You don't know. And that's that's why it's always been with the, the conversation with Trey. It's like who's calling. Are the Titans calling? Are the Texans calling? Because they know him. They saw him every day. And that kind of changes what I think the opinion of Trey Lance should be. If the Texans trade for Trey Lance, it's almost like the Niners shouldn't. You know, if the teams that know him the best are the ones calling, like, what are we doing yeah. trading this guy if 
D'Amico wants him. If Rand Carthen really want him, right? You have to really, really love and really, really trust that Brock Purdy's the guy in that case. If neither one of those teams are calling you, that should probably be an indicator that maybe the folks in the organization don't believe in Trey. Well, they might, mm. they might call, but maybe they don't want to give up what the 49ers want. Yeah. 49ers, I mean, we've seen them, how they kind of, their price tag on players. I mean, we, they, they remember, they didn't want to just give away Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. Like, teams yeah, were calling sure. for trades, and they were like, You're right. nope, we're going to keep both of them. It's like, that competitive, competitiveness I always talk about with John Lynch. Like, he doesn't want he, – he wants to move down one spot and get as much as he can for that one little move, right? He's like – And guys – He wants to maximize. As the voice of the fan here, let's all remember what happened last year, right? How many quarterbacks did the 49ers need last season? They shouldn't be talking about trading away one of their top assets. You, you keep Trey Lance and you bring him into the season. You you have as many good quarterbacks on your roster as you can. Yeah, yeah and I've heard people yeah, say, oh. I don't know. I, I feel like that's not – if we're looking like – because you have to look at now and you also have to mm. look at in the future. And I'm and I don't want to hold on to a guy that the more he kind of sits behind somebody just continues to lose value. Like if mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to go to a backup, I'm gonna have to go to a backup. So whether it's Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, you know, and again, it would be cool to see Trey Lance come in and play, but then even then that 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 causes even more issues, right? Because if Brock goes down and Trey comes in and hypothetically speaking, he lights it up, well then what are we talking about next offseason? Right. It's like I don't want to, if I'm the, I don't want to deal with that. Let's send him here if we can get what we're asking for and not hold on to him because we might have an injury, which more times than not you have. But. Yeah, that's what the veteran backups are for. You, you don't hold a prospect hostage that needs to play anyway. And it's better for Trey if he plays somewhere. I I, I just hope Trey plays. If, if Trey stays, I hope he wins the job. If if Trey gets and if not, I hope he gets traded somewhere where he can play cuz I want to see what that looks like. Um Last bit here, because this is something a lot of people have talked about, and I want to get the numbers right so people know what it's like if you trade Trey Lance. Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's cap hit. You can't trade Trey Lance. Uh, Viet Toss says, Trey is dead cap, though. You're out 9 mil, I believe, anyway. So um, the the, Trey, La the Trey, La Trey Lance can absolutely be traded. The 49ers would take about a million and a half, I think, cap hit. It's not a big deal. It's not a, a factor if they get a, the right offer. And it has to be the right offer. You're not giving away for free. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, oh, it's the third or fourth round picks. Like, no, that doesn't help you. Don't help the 49ers at all to trade Trey Lance right now for a third or fourth round pick. They should be able to get that in August if they decide to trade him or at the trade deadline. Or if that's the case, just you know, just keep him and let him see what he is in camp. I mean, it's not worth that. But if you get what they're looking for, which is probably if we're talking about the Texans, you know, if we're talking about the Colts, if we're talking about the Titans, whatever your high second round pick is, it's gonna take that probably and maybe another future pick, is is my guess what the trade would be minimum. I don't think he's gonna go for less than than that. And um as far as the dead cap, though, so there is dead money. It's about $11 million dead money if you trade Trey Lance, but the other team would be taking on his guaranteed base salary, which is $9 million. So you're only losing $1.5 million for trading away Trey Lance. So it's, it's not a factor at all. So don't worry about the dead money thing. I hear a lot of people bring that up. Not a factor. It doesn't hinder a trade at all. And that's it. We're done. Appreciate everybody out there. Uh, love the folks that jumped in on our live episode of this Winky Wednesday. Wink, appreciate your uh, jumping on with us every week, all year long, and uh, look forward to talking to you after the draft. Yeah, here we go. Saddle up, guys. It's going to be fun. The Wink is on fire. That's right. All right. Uh, Croc and I back tomorrow, the last episode before 
The NFL draft is upon us. We'll be doing live stuff during the draft. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So stay tuned and make sure you subscribe up to Locked On 49ers.